Good morning, and welcome to Morning Java, brought to you always by Citrix GoToMeeting, the online meeting solution that hosts more than 60 million meetings per year. For more information, go to gotomeeting.com. It's Steeler time, so Steeler time. Cheney alumni Chris Carter, Cal U alumni Mark Caballi. That means PSAC West. That means PSAC East. You're PSAC East. We should be fighting because both. You know, back in my days at Cal in the late '90s, we were terrible. And when you were there, uh, <laughs> we, you we've were, always been terrible, terrible in football. Too. <laughs> so let's talk about this nice transition to not terrible. Wow, that's a great transition. But <laughs> the time of the year once again as we'll talk about throughout this Java, was uh, list. List List in July list. Right. Well, apparently a list came out that said Ed Reed was the fourth best safety in the history. In the history of the NFL. And Troy Palomalu number two. Two. Yep. What's your take on it, correct? I mean, these are two polar opposite. Yep. Type of players. Say, great in both regards, mm-hmm. but total opposite in what they are. I don't know. I know Ronnie a lot was three. I might want to bump him up a oh, little he's, bit. He's my number one. But Palomalu, some people loved him. Some people hate him because a lot of people thought he just took risk and guessed a lot. Who do you like? I, mean, I know who you're going to say. Because you know, you know me. But here's, here's, my, here's my case about this, and this is what I say anytime someone brings this up to me. Ed Reed was a center fielder, arguably the best center fielder that ever played football. He, he sat back in his zones. He read, he read the, the, a really good defensive front and how they, were, how they were reacting, and he was able to watch the quarterback eyes and ball hawk. Best at, best at that. But the problem was when you asked him to come into other roles, the things that Troy would do, he would, I mean, he would get trucked at the, offense by the, at the offensive front. Running, running backs would go right past him. And I've seen several times Ben Roethlisberger would, st- would stare him down, like right down the middle of the field, and he would, gun, he would challenge Ed Reed. Ed Reed just, he had, I mean, he was, he's very athletic, but he did not have the elite Polamalu flash speed from getting sideline to sideline, from cutting here and, and jumping from different places. That's why I value Polamalu over Reed, because he could, he could play, be, be center field. He just never did, because the Steelers were like, look, you're, you're a more valuable X factor of being able to put anywhere over than just a guy playing the center of the field. Yeah, Troy was special when he was able to do. Um, one thing I remember him doing was late in his career when they needed an inside linebacker. They basically put him in that, sh- in, that, in that position. I remember getting just rolled by like 300-pound offensive linemen. Of course. So uh, I'd have to say Troy Palomalu over Ed Reed, but these lists, man. Whew, they are tough. Football, please get here. Yeah. Well, Chris, we're about 10 days out from the start of training camp. And what better time than now but to talk about the training camp, darling. Yes. We're going to do some prediction. We're going to look into our little crystal ball. As of right now, 10 days out, who do you perceive has the best chance to catch your attention where you're like, whoa, who is this guy right here? Let me look on that roster. Is he going to maybe not look on that roster, but the guy that comes out of nowhere and say, hey, he might be a little bit better than I expected. Cameron Sutton, cornerback. Hmm. I think every, everything that I've read about this guy is that he's, he's, he's a student of the game. He's, really quick to, he's a really quick learner. At Tennessee, they placed him at every cornerback position because they said, you can do this, 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 which is what the Steelers have been doing with William Gay forever now. Mm-hmm. So you find a young guy that's, that's faster, that's, that's in this, you know, he's got the athleticism going for him. If he can adapt and show me in training camp, people are going to be looking at this guy and say, man, that could be part of the corner solution that they've been looking for for however many years. Yeah, people have different definitions of camp darling. Right. Some say you have to be undrafted, but with this team bringing back majority of their players, that's going to be hard to do. Yeah. My guy is a slam dunk. I've won, so let's look back on this in about 30 days, and you'll say, you know, he was right. Mm-hmm. Josh Dobbs. 
Oh, this yeah. is the reason why. Number one is people are just dying to hate Landry Jones. Dying. They're just looking for anything for him to just fall flat on his face. And what's Josh Dobbs is going to do? He's going to come out, and he's going to be able to make plays. He's going to get a yep. lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. And, he, and if he doesn't hit the passes, he's going to pull the ball down and make plays. Yep. And people are going to go ape crap over it. And uh, he's <laughs> going to be the darling. That's going to be the narrative heading into uh, the season that Josh Dobbs should be the number two, which I don't think he should be, but that's going to be the narrative. That's a good pick. I think that's what people are going to be talking about. I win, he loses. Yeah, I agree. Since the last time we talked, Chris, it was a little bit of news coming out of the south side. Well, maybe south beach, not right. south side. Artie Burns was reportedly arrested. Not reportedly, he had a police report, so I guess, I guess it's, he was arrested. He was arrested. For, what was it? Uh, expired tags. Yep. Suspended license, unpaid parking tickets, mm-hmm. unpaid it, it t- speeding tickets. It's basically come and gone. Do you feel that this is any sort of a big deal? Mind you, this is kidding. Well, I'll go first. I keep Do asking questions. Do I'm you think? First. I think, first of all, he's a 21, 20 year, two year old kid. To sit here and say this kid's irresponsible, you don't know anything about his background. Because if you knew anything about his background, is how he's taking care of his brothers after his mother got sick i believe she passed away crazy story so it's to say that you're just way out of bounds i mean how many of us out there not me because i'm pretty good at this <laughs> can easily get caught in an expired tag whoa i forgot or an expired uh tag on the front what do you call it? inspection sticker and, and speeding tickets who, who knows whatever i don't think it's a big deal some people do think it's a big deal where do you fall? A lot of people like to just make their hay off of in, in the sports media world saying, oh, this guy, he's, he, he can't believe this 20-year-old kid. Stealer. Right, yeah. yeah. And, they're, and they're talking about football players and they're talking about – it's ridiculous. People need to realize that, a lot, that, one, athletes are not made to – are supposed to be any more role models than Justin Bieber or any other young, young celebrity. They're kids. They're getting money for the first time. Even when you weren't getting money, when we all, we all made dumb decisions in our lives. Yes, it's, it sucks that Artie Burns got into that trouble and that, you know, he's, that he it got in the news. But like, like you said, everything that I've ever read about him seems like, seems like he's, a, he's a very well-accountable, responsible human being. Um, and there's, th- there's things that we all fall short on. But this is not yeah. a big deal. This is fake news. You know, just people. <laughs> Let me tell you, I went to when we I went to week one DC game. I rent a car, mm-hmm. you know, week one this past year, the Steeler game. And apparently I went through the toll booth without my easy pass, easy pass working. They sent me a bill from Maryland. I'm like, what are you talking about? This ain't my car. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. So I toss it away. They keep sending me. I keep, I'm like, this is not my car. I totally forgot that I, Whoops. That I, I had a. A, a rental car. You're something an irresponsible simple, person, Kabuli. Is that so? <laughs> I end up saying, all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my, I did rent a car." Stuff like that happens. No big deal. Move on. He's a, for all I've talked to him, he's a he's a pretty good, responsible kid. So, uh, here's a reason why this story didn't get many legs. And I think it's correct. Well, Chris, this is the time of the year that you do basically any story possible just mm-hmm. to get some eyes on it. Here at the site, I try to stay away from it. We try to stay away from it. We're going to give you the good stuff. Here. Right. But, uh, you know, sort of like uh, having our youth picture. Wait, that's something. That, you know, your youth picture, get some clicks. <laughs> nah. Okay, what I'm talking about is if you saw in the USA Today a couple days ago, they listed Mike Mitchell as one of the most overpriced players in the NFL. And the, first of all, they listed him as 
$8 million cap hit for this year is one of the reasons why. $8 million cap hit doesn't quite mean he's making $8 million no, this year. It means right. they just restructured his contract. He signed five years, $25 million, so he's a five-year, $25 million guy. Yeah. I think that was grossly off-base. They said he just does not make plays, does not make big hits, or he, he tries to make big hits rather than secure tackles. I think what they listed him as, in my opinion, was Mike Mitchell year one. Mike Mitchell year two and three was as solid as they yes. came. Yes, yes. Right? He is filled in, he's filled in very nicely in their system. And what, what, what you start to see the more you watch film – is how he is often the glue in the secondary when there's miscommunications. And you can even hear him, you know, when they were talking to him in the playoffs, and they said, well, Sean Davis and Artie Burns, they're basically not rookies anymore. Like, no, they very much are because they don't know the terminology. They don't know the assignments. Mitchell is holds it together so much more. And, yeah, he doesn't have the superior numbers of, like, an Earl Thomas or Cam Chancellor or Eric Berry, but this guy does so much in this secondary and without the pass rush. Let's see how they do when the pass rush comes back up, and you're going to see some more, some more of Mike Mitchell being able to make plays because he's not reacting to an offense that has forever to throw the ball. And one thing he was able to do this past year was come off the edge a little bit more than he did in years past. One of that was because of scheme-wise, and they wanted to, you know, their fake blitz and pretend like they're sending more than the other. The other reason was he's finally healthy, too. Yes. He hasn't been healthy. So, in my opinion, that was grossly over stated Agreed. as Mike Mitchell was one of the most overpaid players in the NFL, although they did also have Joe Flacco as one, which... That's a whole other ballgame.